Hello and welcome to another episode of the Scouting Report Podcast. My name is Brandon Ramsey and I'm here to bring you everything that you need to know about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, I'm recording this early uh, Tuesday morning, this morning when you're listening to this. So um, the game is later this evening at 7 o'clock. I believe the game is on ESPN, um, but uh, I'll need to double check that here in a second. But the game is at 7 o'clock Eastern Time uh, and the Cats stay home at Rupp Arena. Um, they, dating back to Saturday, obviously, when we lost to Tennessee, 82-71. Starting at that point, uh, five of the final eight scheduled games are all going to be at Rupp Arena, including three straight here in a, in a homestand stretch. So I think that certainly does allow Kentucky to settle into a little bit of a routine. Um, you know, they can, they can sleep in their beds at the uh, Wildcat Cole Lodge. They can, you know, use the normal practice facility. They're obviously getting to play inside at Rupp. Just lets you stay in a little bit more normal schedule. Um, you know, down the stretch, there might be a couple of games that they get shoved back into the schedule, um, especially that South Carolina game. I think they're probably going to try to play uh, on the back end, but um, that's the way the schedule's shaping up right now is to have a bunch of home games down the stretch here. So maybe, you know, we we've been hoping for anything and everything that can, that can turn some things around. And, and maybe that's one more, uh, one more opportunity that, that Kentucky has to, to find a little bit of a groove here heading into the end of the season. is just getting uh, some additional games at Rupp arena. Um, but looking at the Razorbacks of Arkansas, they're currently 14 and five overall six and four in the sec. They've been playing much better of late. They, Started off the season, and they played just an absolute joke of a non-conference schedule. They were able to roll through that very easily. Um, then they jumped into conference play um, and lost three of their, uh, actually four of their first six conference games they dropped. Um, so obviously they were uh, they were two and four at that point in the SEC. And you know, this was a team that everybody expected to go to the NCAA tournament. Um, they They were... At, at different times, probably thought to be a, a fringe top 25 team with, with some of the transfers they had in, a great freshman in Moses Moody, and, and we'll obviously, as always, dive into their personnel more here in just a few minutes, but this was a team that people thought was going to be really good, that was going to potentially make a run in March, different things like that, and then here they are, 2-4 and four in the SEC, and you're kind of wondering what the heck is going on. Well, since that point, they've certainly turned it around, and they've won four of their last five games now. Um, with the only loss being out of conference um, to Oklahoma State on the road as part of the Big 12 SEC Challenge. So they've won, they rattled off four straight SEC games, getting them back to six and four in the league, and now all of a sudden they're back looking like an NCAA tournament team and certainly would find themselves inside of the bracket um, if Selection Sunday were held right now. Um, but to talk a little bit more about what they're going to do specifically, uh, this is the, very similar in terms of style of play to what uh, Coach Eric Musselman brought to Fayetteville last year when he when he got the job. They're going to play very, very fast. They're going to get the ball up and down the court. They're going to try to score a bunch of points and, and, and just kind of turn the game into a little bit more of uh, a Havoc style of play than, than certainly what Kentucky is generally comfortable playing at. But they do go about things a little bit differently than, than the other super fast playing teams in the league. You know, we, 
going into game I, with, with that three game stretch that we played Alabama, Auburn, and Georgia all in a row. And those are three of the highest tempo teams, not just in the league, but in the country in terms of possessions per game. Um, Auburn and Alabama shoot a bunch of threes. Georgia didn't shoot a bunch of threes. Arkansas somewhere in the middle. Um, they do shoot a lot of threes. They're shooting just under 25 threes per game, but that's not a crazy number. Um, I think they're like 88th in the country uh, in number of three-pointers attempted per game. Their three-point rate um, is is actually even lower. They're just in the um, like low to mid 100s in terms of teams in the country with, with three-point rate. So they're not necessarily hunting threes the way that you may just off the cuff assume like, oh, okay, this is a, you know, this is a must-bust team. You know, someone they're going to get up and down the court. They're going to play super fast. That part's true, but that doesn't necessarily translate to them taking as many threes as as you would think. And I think a lot of that's just, they they do have such good guard and wing play that they're able to drive the ball a little bit better, um, and they don't necessarily have to rely on the three-point shot shot and they they play so fast and they're willing to throw it ahead in transition. Pretty much every guy that gets the rebound is able to bring the ball up the court. That it just allows them to play fast and they don't have that they can beat the defense down the court, which allows them to get inside the three point arc as opposed to having to settle for um, for three point jump shots. So don't necessarily fall into the trap of just assuming that Arkansas is a team that shoots a bunch of threes. Like I said, it is a big part of what they do. They are a good three point shooting team shooting 33.7% from deep, uh, but, but it's more of just a scoring team. They, they get to the free throw line, they convert at the rim. Um, even though they're undersized, they're shooting over 45% from the field. They're very efficient. Um, and they lead the SEC in scoring at 82.7 points per game. Now, it's a little bit more valuable um, to look at their conference scoring, which does dip about five points into the, um, like 77.5 points per game because uh, they – they racked up some some crazy scores. I think they scored like 142 points in a non-conference game. Um, but, yeah, this is a team that's going to play fast. They can really score. They have uh, five guys averaging double figures, so they're they're well-balanced. Well a lot of guys that can hurt you. Um, and Kentucky's going to have to be um, ready to get back in transition, take away the easy buckets, and try to slow them down, make them turn it into a little bit more of a half-court game where we can set our defense, protect the rim, and hopefully match up with these guys um, on the perimeter. But it's going to be a test, and and really the hardest thing, what what Arkansas is really good at, and this probably comes from Musselman's NBA background, is they're really good at exploiting mismatches, finding the matchups that they like, and really going towards those. So they, you know, I I touch on that, that they have some really good quick guards. They're going to try to make you switch some ball screens because they do have you know, it, it's really interesting that they have a seven-three guy that can really shoot. That's more of what he wants to do. So they're going to get him in a lot of ball screening action, try to make you switch those to take away the threes, and then they'll let their guards attack um, a bigger defender. They have strong physical wings um, that can create some matchup problems. You know, it's, it, it'll be a, a, a another big game for Keon Brooks where he's going to have to come out and be our best player, and he's going to have to show that he can defend some really good, athletic, strong wings. Um, so it, if he wants to build on that performance that he had offensively against Tennessee, he's going to need to double down on that on the defensive end tonight against Arkansas to really show that he's becoming um, that next level of player that we all know that he can become. Um, and then 
also with Arkansas, um, that, that they aren't going to really play a true post player. Um, and again, we'll talk about this more in a second. I touched on it just briefly already, but Connor Vanover, he's seven foot three, but he's just not physical. He wants to shoot jump shots, wants to shoot threes. Uh, so they're not going to really put him around the basket a ton. Um, Justin Smith is like a six 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 seven wing, but he's going to play around the basket probably the most for them. But he's still not a he's not a back to the basket post player. He just wants to drive it at at some mismatches. So that that's that's really the crux of their of their offensive game plan is to get the ball moving. Obviously, play fast like we're going to continue to harp on. Um, but that they want to exploit mismatches and they're going to find a favorable matchup or one that they deem as at least the most favorable at the time and try to attack that. So what that means is this is going to be a really big game for Isaiah Jackson on the defensive end. Um, I know there was a lot of fans in the Tennessee game that were questioning why he only played 12 minutes. Um, you guys probably all know me by now. I don't, I don't play that game. Um, Coach Calipari knows best in the flow of the game. There's always reasons for, for the decisions that, that, that the head coach makes. Um, and quite frankly, you know, we lost the game by 11 points, so I don't think you know Isaiah Jackson playing 20 minutes instead of 12 minutes would have really made all that much of a difference. And we we were getting hurt, we were getting hurt by guards curling pin downs and shooting 10 footers. Um, that's not necessarily an area or a, a screening action where having Isaiah Jackson in there is going to help you a ton. Um, he's he's really strictly a rim protector, and I don't want to dive into the weeds too much. This is a podcast to break down Arkansas, but Isaiah Jackson is a elite rim protector. He's not an elite defender. He actually gets lost a lot defensively. He's not that great on the ball. Um, and he's certainly not very good off the ball, but he can protect the rim, which covers up a lot of mistakes. And that's important. That's part of defense. Um, but you know, it's a, it's just a myth that he is some excellent defender. He, he's really not, he's actually not a very good defender in the, in the grand scheme of things, but he's just an elite rim protector, which can make up for a lot of mistakes on, you know, mistakes that he makes himself and mistakes that a team that his teammates make. And that is very valuable, but this is going to be a game where we're going to have to play him a lot because it's not going to be a great game for Olivier Saar to guard these guys. because They're just too quick. They're going to drive it too much. There's just not a great matchup for him. Um, but I, I worry about Isaiah Jackson in this game, too, because he's going to have to guard a lot away from the hoop. And we've seen it time and time again where he gives up three-pointers because he can't get out there and concentrate and take away threes from a perimeter player. Or he's going to be, you know, maybe even guarding Connor Vanover at different times. And he's going to think that, oh, this guy's 7-3. He's going to want to get around the basket. He's going to give up a jump shot or an open three. And that's no good. And that's why you only play him 12 minutes sometimes because he makes mistakes like that. But you know, nevertheless, he gives us the best chance athletically to guard some of these guys and cover up some mistakes, hopefully making some big plays up protecting the rim. So we're going to get, you know, we're going to need to get 25 plus minutes from him. That's going to mean he's going to have to stay out of foul trouble. Um, but you still have to play Olivier Sark is what he can give you offensively, um, especially with this Kentucky team um, and, and the struggles that we face and continue to face. You know, you can't always get so hung up on the defense because the offense is generally the problem. And Olivier Saar gives you a much better chance offensively than Isaiah Jackson does. So you might just have to roll with it and say, okay, yeah, Olivier's going to get 
beat a couple times off the dribble by these guys. But if you can come down and make some 15-foot jump shots or a nice post move, then it'll all even out. We'll be okay. So just some different things to think about. Um, that's that's going to be a lot of what Arkansas is doing offensively is trying to find those matchups to exploit and going out of that way. But namely, they're going to try to play fast, get out in transition. They do some unique things offensively where they're going to they're going to get a guard on one side and completely clear it out. Four guys on the wing outside the three-point line on the opposite side. They'll run and slip some ball screens out of that. Um, they'll they'll slip a ball screen, bring you back around the backside for a staggered double. Um, they set a lot of high ball screens in their offense. Their, their, their base offense is going to kind of float in between a four-around one and five-out motion. Um, a lot of times it actually looks a little bit more around four-around one. Uh, or looks a bit more like four round one, even though it has more dribble drive five out principles. Um, that guy around the basket, a lot of times it's going to be number zero, Justin Smith, who won't be the biggest guy on the court. Um, you know, usually that'll be Connor Vanover, but he's going to play on the perimeter. A lot of times, um, if he is around the basket, he's generally going to come out and ball screen, look to pick and pop. Uh, number two, Vance Jackson Jr., a transfer. He'll play around the basket some. Um, and then also Jalen Williams, a freshman, if he's able to go tonight, he'll play around the basket some as well. So generally those, those three guys, Williams, um, Smith and Vance Jackson Jr. Those are going to be the guys that play inside a little bit more, but they're still going to kind of space out as the ball's driven. They're going to, um, sort of float out to about 15 feet, try to get some catches and drive it from there, or they'll circle around the basket, look for a little dump off. But it's not like they're throwing the ball into the post to those guys. But um, make sure you follow my Twitter to see some more breakdowns of, of what they're going to be doing offensively, just to get a visual of it. As always, it'll be up on KentuckySportsRadio.com and the scouting report as well, so you can see um, a little bit more of what they do offensively instead of just listening to me trying to break it down uh, over the airwaves here. But uh, to look at what their personnel is like, um, let's just go down the list here of of their primary guys, but um, number five, Moses Moody. He's been their best player. He's an All-SEC candidate. He's a freshman, uh, 6'6", 205 pounds, so he's obviously a bigger guard. He was a four-star guy coming out of co- um, coming out of high school, excuse me, uh, top 50 recruit who's just continued to impress people throughout the season, I think, especially if Arkansas finishes the year playing the way they are now. If they get in the NCAA tournament, they finish, you know, top four seed in the SEC tournament. Um, I think this is a guy that probably should be a first-team All-SEC selection. He's averaging 16.4 points per game, leading them in that category. 5.6 rebounds per game, which is third on the team, but he has 43 offensive rebounds, so just an excellent rebounder from the guard position. Um, 31 assists to just 29 turnovers. Um, so you know, that's pretty darn good for a freshman, and he also is shooting. 45% from the field, 35.2% from three, just over 80% from the foul line. It is super, super efficient for a for a college freshman, and that's why he shot himself up into the lottery, even into the top 10 in some NBA mock drafts, um, is that he, he's just really impressed with his physicality, his scoring prowess, the way he shoots the ball, his efficiency. Um, and this is a guy that Kentucky's going to have to you know, be physical with and try to slow down. Again, this isn't necessarily a great matchup for our guards. He's bigger. Strong, you know, six six two oh five. That's a tough matchup for, um, it's a tough matchup for Mintz or Askew because he's bigger, 
And then it's a really tough matchup for B.J. Boston because Moody is so physical. So it'll be interesting to see what we do um, in terms of a defensive matchup there. But he likes to drive it right. He's a really good shooter. Got to take away the threes. Keep him between you and the basket. Um, no layups. You can't let him be physical with you, or be more physical with you and, and score through your chest around the basket. Um, and we just need to do a great job of contesting everything. He's, he's going to shoot a lot of pull-up jump shots. Uh, different things like that. We just have to contest all that the best that we can. Number one, J.D. Note. Um, he's 6'1", 195-pound uh, redshirt junior guard. He's a transfer from Jacksonville, um, where he had a very productive career down in Florida. Um, he sat out last season um, due to the transfer rules at the time, but he's coming off a year where he averaged 15.5 points down at Jack- Jacksonville. He was second team. All Atlantic Sun, and he's he's really picked up right where he left off, and he's averaging 13.7 points per game um, here in the SEC, and and having a nice season, uh, not nearly as efficient, um, shooting just 38.5% from the field, but he's 32.7% from threes, really aggressive from three point range, 34 of 104 from deep, so he definitely is hunting threes. He'll shoot them under the ball or um, behind the ball screen if you go under. So we got to get over the ball screens and handoffs. Got to chase this guy off of screens and um, all the time. Come out and pick him up from deep because he will let him fly. Got to pick him up in transition. So he'll shoot him off the dribble there. Uh, so don't let him dribble into threes. Don't go under any screening action because he will pull up and shoot those. Um, and then got to make him finish with you between him and the basket as he drives it because he's not not a great finisher uh, inside the paint. So don't bail him out by fouling. Just be big, get your hands up, and make him finish around the hoop. Uh, number zero, number zero. Excuse me, Justin Smith, transfer from Indiana, graduate senior, six seven, two hundred thirty pound forward, super physical. This guy's a driver. He's a non shooter, only three for fifteen from three, but excellent from two point range, shooting forty nine percent on the season, eleven point three points, team leading six point seven rebounds. He is a right hand driver, um, so you, you can close out short to him. You can help off of him when he doesn't have it. You don't have to be all the way out there on the perimeter when when you. When he does catch it, chop your feet, close out a couple steps short. Be ready to guard against that right-hand drive. We have to make him score everything over us with us between him and the basket. Um, cannot get blown by because he cools out too far. Don't fly by him at all. Stay down on all fakes. Um, you want him to shoot it away from the basket, um, but you don't want to let him drive it. So no layups. Um, he does play inside a little more, like I talked about. So he'll um, he'll float in that 8 to 12 foot range as the ball is driven. Um, and then he'll look to drive it if they kick it to him. Um, so just be aware. Try not to help up off of him very much around the basket because they will dump it off to him. If he plays with his back to the basket, and he's going to be right hand over his left shoulder. Got to box him out. Um, he's averaging over three offensive rebounds per game, so we got to keep him off the offensive glass. He's a guy that um, it's unclear for sure if he's going to play or not. Um, he has a little bit of an ankle injury. Um, I I haven't heard anything exactly. Obviously, we'll be keeping everybody updated on on Twitter throughout the day or on Kentucky Sports Radio as to his status. Um, and, and and Moses Moody, who we already talked about, he's nursing a little bit of an ankle injury as well. So I think both of those guys will probably end up playing, especially because Arkansas didn't play on Saturday uh, because Texas A&M had some coronavirus issues within their program. Um, but I... I think that extra time will probably be what they need to, to get healthy and, and be able to give it a go tonight, but we'll see. Um, you know, it's, it's too soon to tell 
And like I said, we'll certainly keep everyone updated on the status of, of those guys and a couple others that we'll get to that are nursing some injuries for the Razorbacks. Um, then we got number 11, Jalen Tate. He's another transfer. This one's from Northern Kentucky. Uh, he's a 6'6", 175-pound graduate transfer guard. So he's a he's a big, long guard. Um, you know, Moody was 6'6", 205. Jalen Tate's much more thin than that at just 175 pounds, but he's very long, 6'6". So a, a, another guy that's a little bit of a, of a different matchup. Maybe this is one that you can throw B.J. Boston on just because he's not as physical. Um, but Jalen Tate, he's averaging 10.6 points per game, uh, 3.6 rebounds, and he leads Arkansas with um, 85 assists to just 54 turnovers. Um, so that's four and a half assists per game for Jalen Tate. And he's very efficient from the field over 50%, um, field goal percentage, 38.3% from deep. Doesn't shoot a ton of threes, but, um, shoots the one that he knows he's supposed to shoot and knocks him in when he's open. Not as good of a three free throw shooter, 63.4% from the line. But, you know, this is a guy that you have to play straight up. He's, he's more of a driver than a shooter. Um, really likes to drive it right, get in there score around the basket, uses his length and athleticism to score it at the rim. Um, so we've got to keep him between us and the basket, but definitely be there to take away the catch-and-shoot threes as well because he does shoot a good percentage. He just isn't really hunting them um, in the way that Moses Moody or J.D. JD Note might be. Uh, then you got number three, Desi Sills. So he's a little lefty guard, uh, 6'2", 200 pounds, really likes to drive it left. Um, so you got to got to be aware of that, try to – force him to his right hand, keep keep him going right when he does start driving it that way because he is always looking to spin back to his left hand or use the right-to-left crossover to get back to his left hand and finish it at the rim. So you get your hands up as he's driving it. He likes to shoot a little floater or a, or a little pull-up jump shot as well, so be ready to contest all of that stuff. 10.6 points per game. Um, he's 20 for 60 from deep. So definitely need to be out there, contest if he does shoot it, get your hands up. Um, you can probably mix up jumping underneath the ball screens, but definitely need to have your hands up and be ready. The only reason I say it's okay to go under the ball screens is because he is so quick and really wants to drive it left. Um, probably what I would say, and you know, this gets pretty advanced. There's, you know, I, I don't I don't mean to say this um, you know, too derogatorily, but you know, there's simply no way that our players are going to be able to do things like this. Um, even though this is, these are things that we talked about at the division three level with teams that I've coached. But what I would like to see us do is go under the ball screens when Desi Sills is going left because he's going to be going, coming off harder, looking to drive it. And when he's coming off of a ball screen or handoff going to his right to go over the screen, because he's more likely to want to shoot that as opposed to drive it. But again, that's wishful thinking that, um, we would talk about that in scouting or certainly that our guys would be able to execute that uh, with concentrating enough uh, to be able to notice that in game. Um, but, and then last in terms of a guy that might start, it, it's hard to say who will start because they've, they've mixed in a couple different starting lineups. They also are nursing some injuries, but um, Connor Vanover, number 23, he probably will be starting for them. Um, he is a seven foot three, and 247-pound redshirt sophomore transferred um, in from California. He's averaging 7.5 points, 5.7 rebounds, um, and two blocked shots per game. He is a pretty good rim protector. Um, he's not physical. You know, it, it says 247 pounds. 
probably as true just as as a result of being seven foot three, but um, he doesn't want the game to be physical. He's very thin. He's going to play on the perimeter. He wants to shoot threes. He's shoot just over 30% from three, 15 to 50, 17 to 56. Um, otherwise, he likes to pick and pop. So, you know, about half of his shots are threes, but the other ones, they're, um, yeah, he, he scores a lot. Like, he, he'll ball screen and roll. He is good at catching it high on the roll and dunking it in. So he will score around the basket that way or a dump off pass as they drive it, but he wants to shoot jump shots. So he'll pick and pop to 15 feet or he'll face you up in the post and shoot it over you. So just be ready to give a really hard contest um, to all that around the basket. Um, you got to take him away from three. So get all the way out there. I know it's weird because he's seven, three, but you got to take away the threes from him. He's a good shooter. Keep him off the offensive glass, really good offensive rebounder. So we got to box him out. Um, and number four, Devontae Davis, he's a guy that they'll probably bring off the bench. He's another lefty, non-shooter, um, only only attempted five threes this year, but he's a 6'3", 185-pound freshman guard, so he wants to drive it left. Left-hand driver, close out short. Um, number two, Vance Jackson Jr., another guy that's nursing an injury. Um, excuse me, no, sorry, that's Jalen Williams. But uh, Vance Jackson Jr., he's a graduate transfer from New Mexico. Um, big, strong presence, um, but he's more of a shooter as well. 53 of 81 shots have been threes, so you're going to take him away um, three, from three-point range. Number 10, Jalen Williams, the last guy we're going to talk about. He is nursing an injury. Um, he has a little bit of a knee issue, so we'll see if he's able to give it a go tonight, uh, but he's averaging 2.8 points, four rebounds per game, um, and he is 6'10", 245 pounds. About half of his shots have been three, so you also, once again, have to be cognizant of him shooting it in from deep, but he will play around the basket a little bit more as well, make some post moves. Um, so you got to be physical with him around the hoop as well. Um, so that those are all the guys in Arkansas's rotation, like I said, especially because of four different guys. Desi Sills is the one I didn't mention. He was a stinger, um, wasn't able to play much in their last game. Um, but... So they have four different guys that, that are nursing some injuries. Um, unclear who's going to play, who's not going to play. We'll keep our eye on that throughout throughout the um, morning and afternoon leading into tonight's game. Um, but they, they have a lot of guys that can score. All of their guys, uh, for the most part, outside of um, Devontae Davis or Justin Smith, have the green light from three. Um, so... You, know, you have to be ready to take all these guys away from deep. Um, you got to know that um, number four, Devontae Davis, and number three, Desi Sills are lefties. Both of those guys really like to drive it left. Um, so just be aware of that. Try to concentrate throughout the game and take away those left-hand drives. Um, Justin Smith is a right-hand driver, not a shooter, so you can close out short to him. Connor Vanover, despite being seven foot three, need to get out there and take away the threes. Um, and, and just make it as hard as possible for these guys to score. They're going to get some. They're going to get some easy ones in transition. Um, they're they're going to beat us down the court a few times. They're going to play fast and, and and score some some baskets on the fast break. That's just going to happen. But you have to limit those as best as possible. Our transition defense is going to be key. That's not a strong suit of ours. We're going to have to communicate, be disciplined in um, on transition defense, and and make sure we stop the. Get the basket, stop the ball, match up to the next most dangerous guys, but we really have to protect the basket um, and, and, and take away layups from these guys.
that's pretty much what you need to know um, about the Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, defensively, they certainly will um, create some turnovers. Um, they, they're pretty aggressive. Defensively, they have uh, four different guys, five different guys that are averaging at least one steal per game. Um, they, they do like to get some live ball turnovers. Um, but compared to some pre-Eric Musselman uh, coach teams, you know, this isn't a, a havoc, full-court pressing um, team. They try to take away uh, three-point shots from the opposing team. They, they try to protect the rim and not give up layups. Um, they do do some kind of funky things. They, they have this defense that they call rush the passer. I'll probably break that down a little more on Twitter. It's hard to, it's hard to vocalize, so there's no sense in trying to describe that um, on the podcast. But they will bring um, kind of a half-court trap that essentially ends up being what it is. And then as the ball is driven down, they'll come back to man-to-man. So it kind of looks like a matchup zone, but it's really still man-to-man. But they'll just bring a, they'll bring a trap up top and then drop back into man from there. But um, they certainly will, like I said. They'll be aggressive on the perimeter, on the wings, try to try to create some turnovers. And that will obviously lead to fast-break opportunities. Um, but just something to be aware of from their pressure defense aspect. But, yeah, this is a team that's going to play fast, try to get to the basket. Um, they are still good, good three-point shooting team. They just don't hunt them the way that Auburn or Alabama does. Um, and we're going to be in for a track meet. You know, this is another good team. They're playing very well of late. Um, but it'll just be interesting to see who they have in their lineup today. Um, if everybody's healthy, then this will be a really, really tough game for Kentucky to win because uh, the, the, they're going to, like I said, exploit those matchups, try to uh, try to put us in situations where we're uncomfortable defensively and um, you know that's not that's not a great thing for for Kentucky and I worry just about us math wise being able to keep up on the scoreboard by being able to score enough to to win this game it's going to take probably uh, certainly 70 points probably more like 75 points to win tonight and you know we just haven't consistently shown that we can do that but we will see tonight Um, so the game is at seven o'clock eastern time on ESPN I did just confirm that Uh, so make sure to tune in and cheer on the cats this evening. Um, as always, please download the podcast, subscribe if you have not already, drop a drop a review if you can, uh, share it with your friends. Um, appreciate all you that have been listening. But um, even throughout this disappointing season, we we appreciate uh, continuing to grow the fan base. So please uh, share the podcast with one of your friends. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at bramseyksr. Obviously, like always, I'll have a full game day breakdown of the Razorbacks um, on Twitter. So follow me there. Uh, you can find me on the locker room app um, at B Ramsey underscore KSR. Um, and then obviously look out for the scouting report um, in written form and some video breakdowns and all that on Kentucky sports radio.com this afternoon. Uh, so thanks a lot for listening and uh, go cats.